happily enough, you get to hear me talk a little bit more this morning. Um, I was asked to share a brief devotional type deal this morning, and so I'm going to try to not be too awkward without a guitar to protect me. Um, Something that I have been kind of growing in just as I've been going to BC and, and growing in faith, one of the things that keeps reoccurring that I have learned and that has continued to develop in my life is uh, it's something that Dan has, has mentioned a few times, and it's that the material world is worthy of our time and effort. That's this is going to be this is going to be an interesting talk because it's a mindset. I guess that's my issue is that it's a, a mindset and a worldview that just kind of works itself out in different ways, and so it's hard for me to explain exactly what it is, but um, that wouldn't be helpful if I couldn't explain it. So uh, if any of you have read much or heard much by Tim Keller, um, he talks about it a lot, just uh, the the fact that we redeem culture, we redeem the things around us, and that the the world around us is important because the new heavens and new earth are going to be like the the one that we live in now. There is a view and the the mindset that I had for a long time as a Christian was that the material things in the world are not important, but it's the spirit. And the, that mindset is is based a lot on Second Peter 3 where it says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed, since all these things are thus to be dissolved. Um, and so, taking that at face value, uh, we should, probably should, you know, only con- be concerned about spiritual things and not physical activity that we do in the world. But that that's the the way that I thought for a long time. I, I wouldn't say that I put a a name on it or could explain it exactly, but just paying a little mind to anything but evangelism or this, that if you enjoy something in the world, something that God has made, it's, it's less important and it's, it can be considered self-indulgent to be enjoying, you know, everyday life. If it's not hard and fast, uh, reading the Bible or converting someone. So, uh, that mindset, uh, resulted for me in I felt guilt for things that weren't that like the highest things to pursue is to be a pastor or a missionary and I wish those are very important callings and we're gonna talk about that later and pray for the the missionaries that have gone out from BC but uh, just diminishing diminishing the enjoyment of things that can be enjoyed to the glory of God and, and experienced and done. And it's not just about enjoyment. It's, you know, all of life. And so there was a kind of a turning point in my life where, um, I realized the life that you live can be lived for the glory of God. Um, regardless of if it's a pastor or a missionary and the, the root of that belief is just the fact that God created the world and he said it was good. He made it before sin entered. God said, this is good. The garden was the way that God designed the world to be. And 
we still live in that world that that Adam and Eve lived in. The, the one that God called good is the world that we're living in now, but it's broken by sin. And then when Jesus came, he established his kingdom, and he he gave us glimpses of what the world should be like through his miracles. This world redeemed is what Jesus showed. So if you want to turn to Romans eight nineteen through 23, kind of the the focal point of this whole thought about the, it was good and then it's broken and then what's going to happen after and so it says I really did have it up I'm just going to read it from the screen for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God for the creation was subjected to futility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and to obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. I don't think I'd, I'd really ever paid attention to that, that the he talks a lot about creation groaning, and he parallels that with our groaning. So creation groans with us, and what is it groaning for? It's groaning for redemption. It's, it's re- groaning for the same thing that we groan for, for God to redeem it. So if you take that passage and apply it to um, eschatology. Um, God is going to redeem this world, and it's the same one that we're in now. So th- He's not going to blow it away. It's not going to pass, and then it's going to be completely different. So that is the way that I have been coming around to to believe, and the way that I live. I think it has a lot of implications for the way you live, but it means that everything we experience in this world is a broken experience of what that experience will be when it's redeemed. So uh, I'm going to say that again. It, it says experience a lot. This means that everything we experience in this world is a broken experience of what the experience will be when it's redeemed. Christ gave us glimpses of his kingdom through the miracles um, that he showed while he was here and the, the way that he lived and, and talked We've been called into his kingdom and given his life. And so now we can begin to do the same thing. We can begin to, to show the redeemed world in the way that we live every day. We can be agents of redemption in everything we do. And that includes the redemption of culture, which culture, talking about culture in itself is a pretty broad, deep thing to talk about. But, uh, and I got a lot of this from Tim Keller, and he just he talks about culture being cultivating and culture like similar words. And cultivating is to take raw material and arrange it in a way to draw out uh, its potential potentiality for the flourishing of human beings. God created human beings; He created humankind to cultivate to bring about flourishing of itself that is a design that god has made he set the 
the first man and woman to work in the in the garden and cultivate to take the raw material and uh, create flourishing for humanity. And so, and that uh, plays itself out in more than just making food. It's in art and music and um, just flourishing. When you think of flourishing, thriving in your life, like it's got all of that in it. And so I've been trying to find my page two this entire time. There it is. All right. And a side note, um, since my my flow of thought is so easy to follow and you guys aren't lost at all, I'm going to do a side note. Uh, you can parallel creation groaning for the redemption of our bodies. God made the world and now it's broken by sin and it's going to be redeemed with us being made in the image of God. Um, Brittany and I did a devotion with our kids and it was about creation and the question at the end was being made in the image of God. How does that affect how we treat the people around us? And so I was like, so Solomon, what do you think? Since we're made in the image of God, do you know what it means to be made in the image of God? And he was like, uh, and then I was like, Brittany, do you know? And she was like, uh, and then I was like, uh, well, let me, let me look that up real quick. <laughs> So, uh, but I thought it was, that was unrelated to this, but that is the same kind of picture that God created us to reflect his, who he is in the world. And it's like if I took a sculpture of myself, seven billion sculptures of myself and had them distributed throughout the world, uh, what would that say about me? It would say, I want people to, to know who I am. I want people to know what I'm like. And that's what, what being made in the image of God is like, is that we reflect who God is and bring him glory and the redeemed image of God does that that's all it does is just bring glory to God but it's broken but it's going to be and we are redeemed now and will be fully redeemed then so that's cool to me uh so the this whole worldview this mindset results in the fact that we can see the world and and appreciate things that would be unimportant if the if it was passing away, if it was not going to be the same, if it wasn't going to be a redeemed version of itself. We can enjoy a sunrise, and we can look at trees and animals, and just if the thought is that it's going to completely be blown away and burn up, like I said earlier, then I just picture looking at a tree and saying, that's a beautiful tree. I feel so bad for that tree. It's groaning for redemption of itself. It's just going to like be, die. Like it's just going to go away. So that's, that's depressing. But I can look at it and think that's going to be redeemed and it's going to be even more beautiful. Everything will be more beautiful when God reveals his children uh, at the last day. Um, and also just in my job, um, I can do it in a way that's redeemed. Thinking again about the culture and bringing about flourishing of human beings. I can do that for the glory of God. I can begin to show the coming kingdom in the way that I live my life right now. Something that Dan has also mentioned as what would Jesus do if he were you? He wouldn't, he doesn't expect us to do every, exactly everything he did. Like we don't go and follow the pattern and try to find the exact kind of people he ministered to. If he was us, 
he would do things and through our personality and stuff like that. Sorry. Um, I can't read my handwriting. That was a good thought, but I can't read it now. Um, okay, so I hope that makes sense. And I hope you, that you can apply that and just think about how when the eternal kingdom comes, we will be doing similar things. We'll still be engaging in culture and, and uh, flourishing of human beings. And so uh, that could that'll be any number of things. So you can do that in your life every day. As a caveat to that, there's a, a danger, at least that I've known in myself, a, a danger in getting getting it twisted in my mind. Um, and it's using that belief um, to justify how I want to live. I can lose the purpose of, of what I'm doing. Um, having started thinking I'm going to take this job and I'm going to try to do it in a way that, you know, is redeemed. And I'm going to try to bring, cultivate that and show, uh, bring God honor in that because, it is God honoring to to do that, but then get so focused on trying to to do the the work that I forget that it it is just for it's for the glory of God and it start to do it for the glory of myself and um, making the the good thing the ultimate thing. I would start out with the intent of doing it for the glory of God and and then if you ask me why I do it, I'd tell you that's why, but. Um, it's only become my excuse to do whatever, to do the thing that I want to do. I'm not um, being obedient before I do that. An example is uh, the Tower of Babel. The people coming together and creating, cultivating together wasn't a bad thing in itself. But the reason that they, they fell was because they weren't doing it for the glory of God. They were, I imagine that they had they kept advancing they they would have done great things for humanity the culture would have been a one that was very helpful for the human cause but the reason that they that they fell was that it was they were doing it for the glory of themselves they wanted to make a name for themselves and they weren't doing it for the glory of god and so just think about that in uh in applying this and a way to avoid that is to just not be mindless. Don't just do things with a a sense of entitlement or Christian liberty, but uh, honestly examine the way you live and ask the Lord to convict you where you're just not being mindful of how you're living. And also remember all of the things God has given us to enjoy are not what we pursue now. The end goal is not the enjoyment of things that he's given us and uh, enjoyment of work and uh, life. Um, the ultimate goal is Christ, and it's uh, bringing him glory. We enjoy what God's given us now, but we look more forward to the fullness of it in his eternal kingdom. And so... Ultimately, what will bring God glory is not how well we enjoy things or do our jobs. The most important thing is love for Christ. And the mark of a believer isn't how well we enjoy life or how well we uh, do cultivation and culture. It's 
it's about how well we enjoy Christ. And uh, I said a lot about redeeming and this thing and that thing, but the, the redemption is not an end to itself. The ultimate goal is that uh, and all of this redeeming um, is so that all of creation will freely enjoy Christ forever. So that is the end of my spiel, and I hope you got a little something from that. Let's pray, and then Neil is going to come up and talk about some missionary stuff. Father, thank you that you have created this world and that it is uh, it is still something that you uh, treasure and that uh, you're going to redeem. Thank you that that creation groans. Thank you for the, the groaning that we feel, just wanting you to redeem us and redeem the world. And just thank you that you are going to do that ultimately and that you are doing that even even now through the, the salvation of your people. Help us to to think this week about just redeeming uh, the cultivating of uh, culture this week. And just thank you that we can do that for your glory and that it can be uh, something that draws people to you. And I pray that that would be a result of it. Thank you for your love and uh, just continue to, to be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.